a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday. It's four o'clock. I'm being a bit casual this week, a bit tousled. How are we? Hope you've had a very good week. Hello, podcasters. Hope all is well. All is well. There's lots of stories this week, so it's been packed. We've had to throw bits out, but some very quick ones I wanted to mention was uh, the... Um, uh, I'm losing my hair, actually. Uh, all from the drugs, right? And talking about someone who's lost his hair, William, our chalk billiard ball of a prince. Nothing to do with drugs, no. But William uh, is, is um, looking at fusion, wasn't he, today? Isn't that right? Yeah. There you go. So fusion may be on the path, a royal path. And, of course, the big news this week was that uh, Harry's got a ginger beard. And it was wiggled by a little kid in Australia. And he's also going to be a dad again. So there you go. Congratulations all around. Uh, podcasters, do make sure that you watch this as well. I know you're listening, but watch it because there's some fun bits coming up. Our letter of the week, Roberto. It's for Robert. It's the R. R. Which is Robert's normal uh, greeting for anything. R. I. I and R. But R is I. Okay, let's start with the story of the week. And it is this. V-A-T. Oh, yes. Those three dreaded letters. So Energy UK, uh, if you don't know who they are, they're the talking body, the trade body for the energy sector. Uh, Pre went along to the conference. Well done, Pre, by the way, of making it on social media in that little picture. Because you were like scribbling away and I said, oh, look, there's Pri. You were tweeting, anyway. Energy UK, and Pri will be doing a bit more of this, um, their conference. They said VAT should be removed from energy bills and energy efficiency measures. Now, why? So they basically said uh, the Chancellor obviously has got his budget coming up pretty soon. And uh, what they said was, if you got rid of VAT on energy bills, that saved the average person 60 quid. Okay, 60 quid on your bill. Uh, it also says that since 2012, the amount of investment has dropped from 2012 to 2015 by 53% in energy efficiency. Staggering. Uh, so what's going on? They say we should be doing things more like green mortgages to help uh, people sort of improve their efficiency. So the more you have energy efficiency, your mortgage is cheaper rates, all of that sort of stuff. Um, they're looking at obviously cutting uh, VAT. They're talking about incentives to help uh, businesses as well improve energy efficiency. Now, sometimes Energy UK, and I, I like Lawrence very, very much, who's the CEO. I sometimes do wonder what it does. And, you know, does it campaign enough? But this one is a good thing. It's a damn good thing, actually. And I think it's absolutely right. Why is, if you know what VAT means, it's value-added tax. And it's generally seen as a, a luxury tax. I can't remember the last time I thought that having electricity or water was a luxury. Yeah? A necessity, yes. A luxury? No. Your phone, you could say, nowadays... It used to be a luxury to have a phone. Maybe people say that's a necessity, but you can see that. You can see clothes, yeah? You can see VAT, uh, fashion, restaurants we go out. You know, the, the, I can see the VAT reason for that. I've never seen the reason for VAT on energy bills, and I think this is a damn good idea. In terms of energy efficiency, well, that is the real holy grail because you can do what you like about trying to say, oh, we should be, um, you know, buying the cheapest forms, we should have lots more renewable energy. Truth is, that's going to cost loads. Why not save money? Yes? 
I've had arguments every night at home with Christina saying, do you know what? Put a jumper on. Don't turn the thermostat out. I've turned into my dad. That's exactly it. That's what he used to say. So, yes, we could be more energy efficient. And if we got brakes and sort of incentives to do it, why the heck not? Moving on, the second story is about our emissions targets. And this is about tech. So new energy tech could save us or get us halfway to the 2030 targets, says Centrica. Now, what they've looked at is things like battery storage, uh, energy efficiency measures, on-site generation, la da 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 And it says that if we looked at all the sort of kit that's out there, and you, if, if you implemented it, you could probably save around about sort of 11% in energy. That's equivalent to about 9 million tonnes of CO2 and get us quite a way towards our 2030 emissions target. Where? Well, obviously household, but retail. You think about the retail sector, how much energy we could save if we put in efficiency measures across that. And the technology is there now. So again, it's a damn good idea. We should not be looking at, now I'm not saying we shouldn't be looking at uh, renewables. We should be looking at renewables for sure. We should be looking at uh, new forms of energy for sure, like the fusion stuff I mentioned earlier. But the most important thing is, why are we using so much? You know, why don't we turn things off? That's an easy step for all of us to do. And if we can use bits of kit that are smart, because let's face it, we're all lazy kids, right? So if we had bits of kit that say, actually, I'm going to put the screen to sleep, I'm going to turn that off, you know, here's a valve on a radiator that means the, the radiator's not going to go on because it knows there's no one in the house. These sort of kits are brilliant things. And I think this technology driver will help us uh, towards emissions reductions. And following on, the final section, uh, final story in this section, also about emissions, is about cars. So, you know the story, I think. When did it come out, Pri? I can't remember, it was about three months ago, four months ago, when they said the 2040 target for diesel cars? Was it longer than that? Yeah, well, earlier this year, anyway, it was definitely this year, the government said, we want to stop uh, petrol and diesel, and it's 2040. And uh, I think France had it as well, I think a few European countries had it. Anyway, well, a group of MPs sitting on the uh, Bayes Committee said, uh, that ain't good enough. No. The target is vague and insufficient, said the MPs. We want it to be more direct. We want it to be eight years earlier, in fact, 2032. And they say that, that is when they predict parity. So the cost of a petrol diesel car will be equal to the cost of an EV or a low emission car, they reckon, by 2032. Could well be a lot bit uh, earlier than that. And what this shows, the, the, the MP said is, um, we ran a story, I think it was last week, about um, the potential to cut, well, the government said it's going to cut support for uh, sort of EVs, you know, the, the plug-in grants and things like that that we've had. Uh, in fact, pre-covered it last week, didn't you, in our little yeah. debate. Um, and they didn't really give a date, did they? It was like kind of, it could happen very soon. No, they gave a date November. November, yeah. They said if the uptake has increased, will they increase that? We'll yeah. So, so it could be as soon as next month that they do this. Now, the MP said that's the wrong thing to do because it's given a good stimulus and it's got people buying and looking into EVs and hybrid cars. So they believe that you should keep some of that support going and also develop more things to help battery technology. So there's something we've reported on called the Faraday uh, Battery uh, Challenge, which is a kind of government-funded thing to improve uh, the science and the tech and the kit behind 
more and more efficient batteries. Because let's face it, if you want renewable power, you need to have it when it's there, and then when it's not there, you need to store it, and how do you store it? You need to store it in a battery. And all EVs will be running on batteries. So this is very important. So um, the MPs getting involved, well, does it really matter, 32 or 40? I don't think it's a big difference. I do think that the fact is, it's as I've said, when you get to making a financial decision that's also green, rather than the green decision because you're rich, that's when we're going to get somewhere. Right now, the only people who can afford to buy EVs are loaded. Yeah, you've got to be loaded to buy one. But when it becomes as cheap to buy, or even cheaper to buy an electric or a, a hydrogen car as it does a petrol and diesel, who will buy petrol and diesel? You won't. That's the way I do it. So good on the MPs for sort of raising this, but really I don't think it makes much difference. That's it for this section. Uh, what are your thoughts? Get in touch. Use the old hashtag, uh, short fuse. Uh, email us at fuse at Energy Live News. And now it is time for the banter box. He's bantering away. Aren't you? My God, you look like you put makeup on. Yeah, because I'm so handsome. Did you put makeup on? No. Was that just a bit of blusher? Why have you taken off your glasses? Because I don't like it. No, you, you, you can't see. You're squinting now. You fool. No, I can see. I just can't see the screen. Oh God. I can see the camera. I can see you. I can see my notes. Excellent. Beautiful. Um, you revealed something really quite hideous just seconds before we went on air. Did I? Yeah, the little. Crater in your head, the 666 oh, number. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, my Siamese twin that's on the back of my head. <laughs> There's a film called How to Get Ahead in Advertising. Yeah. Yeah, where's his microphone? Oh, on his lap. Yeah, it's such an idiot. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, right. I have, a, I have a growth. You have a growth. Um, talking of growth, uh, you've grown a lot. Green growth. Green growth. Um, green shoots are often eaten. By cows. Do you like this? No. This is going well. And cows contribute to global warming. Yeah. So should we they eat do. fewer cows? Yes. That's no. the question. It depends uh, who you ask in Muswell Hill, which actually we went out and did. No, no, not that bit. We put put the context first before we play the video. Okay. Well, so we so Claire Perry. <laughs> So it's not going so well this time. It, it really is not going so well. Don't uh, play anything yet. Claire, Claire Perry, yes? Yeah, so Claire Perry's told the BBC. Who's Claire Perry? Oh, they know who Claire Perry is. She's, she's the keynote at Expo. Well done. Our energy minister. <laughs> our energy Hold minister. the microphone. She keeps telling you. At our energy minister. Oh, do you know what? Let me just do this right. Both of you and Pri, neither of you can do anything. You can't do two things at the same time. Okay. Right, get on with it. Right, so Claire Perry... Claire Perry uh, has kind of disregarded her own government's suggestions, which are to reduce meat consumption. Yes. Uh, and the BBC basically interviewed her, mm -hmm. um, as we have before. But this time it was the BBC, and basically she said that she doesn't really expect people across the country to cut down on their meat consumption. What was her exact quote? Too much of them. It was a good quote. Her exact quote was, I like lots of local meat. Local meat. Don't we all, Claire? <laughs> yes. And then she said, I don't think we should be in the business of prescribing to people how they should run their diets. Uh, and then she said that basically <laughs> after a hard day at work, yes. the average man wants to come home and have a nice bit of beef. Uh, steak and chips. Yep. Steak and, and chips. And she said that, you know, you should be entitled to do that. Okay. So you went out and asked the good folk of the Muz. Yeah. So I went out and said to the people in Muswell Hill, uh, 
you know, would you actually bother reducing your meat consumption for the sake of the environment? And Cut a cow, save the climate. Let's see what they said. Would you consider giving up meat for the environment? Absolutely not. And what would you do if the government tried to implement such a rule? Vote against them at the next general election and they'd be out on their asses and put that on camera. Yes, I would. I would. I'd also consider doing it for health. And, but, yeah, that would be a good um, reason for doing it as well. Do you worry about global warming? I do, yeah. Not just for myself, but this is my son. Um, I worry for his future as well as mine. You need to change the diet. You need to change everything. I don't eat meat the last eight years. And I still got nearly 20 stone. And meat, you're not supposed to, you are not designed to eat meat. It's a concern actually, but sometimes I think a lot of people don't think about those stuff. Or they, just, they just don't care. I gave up uh, meat uh, a few years ago. Um, cost of the environment and because we can't sustain meat eating. I don't know if I could give up meat, but um, cut down definitely if that would be a start. And uh, yeah, I guess it's a test of your will really and your ability to change. I know that the methane that the cows produce, that it's causing havoc to the environment, but I do have sympathy for the farmers because I am a farmer, so you know, it is a double-edged sword. I think um, there's more evidence becoming available that this large-scale production of uh, meat and the farming industry is causing problems for our environment and um, I think it's important that we try to be more responsible about how we act as individuals. Well, range of views there. Yeah, the, the, the older lady, when you watch this, if you're a podcaster, the older lady, she was yeah. a vegan. A she very really sweet old grandmother. Grandmother. Uh, yeah, she's cut out the meat basically because she thinks it's bad for health, also Good bad for her. the environment and cruel to the animals. Uh, but quickly going back, I, I think Muswell Hill, to be honest, there's, uh, there was a really surprising amount of people. I'd say three quarters said they were either vegan, vegetarian, or had significantly cut down their meat We so are up here but in I Muswell Hill. I think that is quite Muswell Hill. It is. It's so. very Crouch End Mus Muswell Hill. So you wouldn't get that in Charlton, would you, Rob? Yeah, You're I'd different. be interested to go somewhere else in London and see, uh, Plasto? see the difference. Plasto? What would be like in Plasto? Oh, no, everyone eats chicken. Everyone they, eats they chicken and chips. I don't know what veganism is. No. Well, uh, let's be honest. I uh, went vegan last year. I am sort of semi-vegan mm. in the sense that... You're an eco-warrior. Uh, yeah, I'm an eco-warrior. No, I, I do it for my health. So, uh, Robbo, you're sort of vegan now, aren't you? Sort of-ish. Uh, Tears of veggie. Freddie's a vegan apart from Saturday and Sunday. He goes and does weird <laughs> things anyway. And but, I partake in the flesh. And, you, and, and you, you've been a bit of a veggie in the past, haven't you? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. and my sister was. Uh, I mean, I, it does make sense to me, because A, hang on, Pri's saying no. Pri is the only carnivore in this office, aren't you, Pri? No, Johnny eats um, the beef bagel every day. I had a salt beef sandwich for lunch today, but last How night... How many emissions did that bit of beef produce? Probably a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So Claire Perry basically says that a government that would tell a country to cut down on its meat consumption is essentially a nanny state. Yes. And she says, well, she doesn't outright say that you shouldn't cut down, but she says the main ways that people should be, the country should be doing it is reducing agricultural emissions. Yes. Thought that's related. But, well, so would I. Uh, <laughs> planting more trees and investing in carbon capture technologies, but as we all know, they're very expensive. Okay, right. Well, here's my view on this. I do think we should be eating... I mean, hey, I'm a Hindu, so I don't believe in eating cows anyway, so let's start there. But pigs, chickens, uh, uh, sheepy bits, goaty bits, they should all be allowed to roam free. And this week, was it this week you found that story? 
Or was it Freddie found the story about the chicken nugget that was made from a chicken's feather? Oh, oh yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah in, so the, in vitro meat. In vitro meat, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you could eat meat that mm. meant the animal still lived, mm. would you? Yeah, I think that's better than... I, I watched a horrible uh, one of these videos last night that tries to convince you not Don't. to eat meat. A slaughterhouse kind oh, of video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I watched that last night, and it did make me realise, mm, that's gross. And I, was, I, I was hungry at lunch, so no, exactly. I had a salt beef bagel. Uh, but, yeah, if it was grown in a warehouse and it's just a big slab of Close pound yeah. beef, you know. Yeah. So, it's kind of a weird idea. But no, I, I think I'd it's rather, a good idea. And why do we have to kill so many animals? Mm. That's my view. So we grow too many animals. So we've got too many cows on the planet. They shouldn't be there. They're producing tons of methane. Cutting Loads down forests to make uh, room for Yeah, cutting cut down forests. So yeah. I think if we can change what we eat... And bear in mind, in the old days, people ate meat very occasionally, didn't yeah. they? Sunday, maybe. Uh, yeah, Sunday, if you were lucky. Occasion. And it was very expensive. Mm. So I'm for this. But, I mean, I do get why Claire's not telling people to, because it's political she's realistic. But she's coming to Expo. So yeah. you can ask her yourself. Yeah, we can. Uh, okay. Moving on. Your next story. Yeah, also about saving the environment. Uh, You're very green this week. So, yeah, my trousers are green. Everything's green. Uh, so when these these new wind turbines, basically, yes. they are less powerful. But We've got a video of them. There we go. Yeah, so they're less powerful. They're vertical, and they can actually be powered by the wind or... So that's being powered by the natural wind. Wow. But I'm not sure if it's in this video. They it looks can, like a really large version of swing ball. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't want to catch your hand in it, would no, you? No, you wouldn't. But, yeah, you if can put them in the middle of a like motorway. A, yeah, it's like a rotating sort of set of blades. Yeah. And so what, you stick it in the middle of... And so cars are spinning that as ah. they drive past. And obviously they're using petrol to drive most of them. But of this is, you know, this is a, a byproduct of their motion. We can make renewable energy. And as cars go electric, yes. it means those cars will be powered by, could be powered by these things, you know. So carbon it could be. footprint sensor, it says. Yeah, so it also has a carbon footprint sensor, an earthquake sensor. How, how comes earthquake powered? is spelled? Earthquake, hang on, just go back. Is this their video, Rob? They, they spell earthquake without an H. It said earthquake. Maybe it's sensing earthquake. Earthquake. <laughs> Hasn't found any yet. If you're going to go to the trouble making a video, I thought you'd have spelt it right. Anyway, look, there's people walking past. They're funny looking things, aren't they? I like them. Look at that. That's great. So what the idea is, what are you going to use that power for? Uh, I don't know. It could power the lights on the motorway. Okay. You know. And where is, it, where is it from? It looks like it was in East Europe or somewhere. Uh, no, I'm not actually sure what country it's from, but the company because is called... Because you didn't look into it, did you? Uh, Pre? Pre will find out. The company's called... I don't even know how to pronounce it. Devisitech. And it's got the catchy name Enlil, which really rolls off the tongue. Enlil. Yeah. Do we know where they're from? Devitech Enlil. No. Hey, play the, I think play, it is play the video again, Rob. I think it's from Eastern Europe. It's from Eastern... It looks like it is. Look, I'm going to wait... Look. Vertical axis wind turbine Enlil. I do get it, because it's got a little solar panel thing on the top as well, isn't it? Yeah, so that powers the sensors. And what, they produce how much, do they say? Uh, it produces a one kilowatt. Uh, yep, so that's enough to power two households each day. Two households? So it's not just, bad. Just it, by the uh, sort of uh, wind tunnel effect as cars go by. Yeah, and because it's so small, you could stick one on the roof of your house as well. So people have Excellent. put them on the roof so of So does it work with any flats. form of wind? Yeah, yeah, it does, <laughs> I guess. In this office, it'll do really well. Look... Carbon footprint. Watch the next bit. Look, you could put on. one behind look. each cow. Wait, 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 wait. Look, wait, wait. Look, look at this. Earthquake. <laughs> it's an earthquake. You're pointing out the flaws in our no, own video. No, no. This is my. <laughs> Turkey and the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, Turkey and the Netherlands. Well, there you go. 
but you could put one of those behind each cow at the beef farm and yeah. use its emissions yes. to power renewable energy. So then you could eat it without any guilty conscience. Mm. And you could even Although yeah. you shouldn't eat cows. Yeah. Uh, okay, and your last story. Cows are my favourite animal to eat. To yeah. I'm, uh, offset, I'm offsetting your reduction. Harsh. Uh, <laughs> but in case you don't like it's eating Puja cows... It's Puja right now. Hello, fellow Hindus. Yeah, it's a time for the holy Hindus and the holy cows. You never eat beef? No, of course I don't eat beef. Mm. It's outrageous. <laughs> Tia uh, agrees, okay. don't you, Tia? Yeah. See? Tia loves it. So, if you don't want to eat beef, yeah. you can always eat potatoes. Yes! Isn't that right, Ram? Isn't that right, Ram? <laughs> ah, right there. Uh, Patates. And... Spots. So, you know... Okay, this is kind of just, we're linking things very vaguely here. But go on. So, potatoes can also be used for chip fat. Okay. And, uh, chip fat, after you've used it for cooking various fuels. I'm just looking at the picture. Can I love be the picture. used uh, in container chips. Like go on, make, oh, sm make a small. Make a small, Rob. Make a small. Make a sweet. No, 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 make a small, because we want to see. Look, now that's great. Imagine chips were that big. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> it would be good. Rob, can you move us towards the chips, please? Move us. To, there we go. Look, look. Just imagine, like, like, I could reach for one of these chips. Like, hang on. Look, look. Oh, there are some giant chips. Podcasters, we're in an ocean of of chips, of chips, of cholesterol. Uh, okay, so basically, you could you could bake them so they wouldn't be cholesterol. Still carb loading, isn't it? Okay. Anyway, chip fat. You wouldn't catch me eating like that. Um, yeah. So basically, this sea freight low carbon program called yes. Good Shipping. I like uh, it. Filled up a ship called the Samskip Endeavour with 22,000 litres of biodiesel. Nice. Uh, and the biodiesel in this case was chip oil or old chip fat. Uh, and yeah, so basically that produced less carbon dioxide, less carbon monoxide, less particulate matter, all the things that are said to be very bad for the environment. And the container ship saved more than 40 tonnes of carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, yeah, just w before it emptied its tank. So that's a big reduction just for one load of fuel. And you don't have any wrappers afterwards? No, you don't. I like it. Uh, I like the picture, actually. That's what I think that's part of Robert's finest ever work. Yeah, and I, I think many people don't talk about it because most of us don't see it every day. But the shipping sector is actually it one is. of the most polluting sectors, along with the aviation sector. And eating cows. And that's all right. Uh, and yeah, it creates around 3% of global emissions every year. And they use the dirtiest fuels in these ships. Heavy oils. Heavy oils, yeah. but not in this one. Thank you, Jonathan. You've been amazing. As always. Shall we pass on to your illustrious leader? She's been tweeting away this week, haven't you? Doing stuff. Yes. Have Very you said good. happy puja to everyone? Happy puja. No, happy happy Durga puja. Happy Dasai, everyone, and happy TR. Can we have a, we need a, we need a uh, Nepalese bit every week. So we need something in Nepalese this week. I'm going to do this, all right? Pre's Nepalese moment. Um, Sapalai, Dasaiko, there, there is Subakamana. Hopefully, Taber, Sapazana, Samahonunsa, and Ramari Mananunsa, Yodasai. Excellent. Uh, right, heat. We've done chip fat, oh, yes. now we're going back to heat. Yes, heat. So, you, you did very well at the conference, didn't you? Enjoyed it, and did you Yeah, it was good. Food was good. Well, that's why. Um, yeah, Tia enjoyed it. Tia came she along. had her first freeloading. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it was very packed, lots of. Uh, obviously, people we've seen uh, in the sector, we see quite often at our conference as well. Um, full house, and we'll be there um, again at the QE2 time at the QE2 for our conference. Now, you met Lawrence, our pal Lawrence Slade, and yes, you had a chat about something interesting because obviously there was the VAT story I, I mentioned earlier, yeah. but you found something else about heat. 
Yeah, so it's about decarbonizing the heating sector. Um, so I feel like this topic has come up so many times over the past few months or over the past year or so, um, but it seems like not, not much is being done in the sector and the industry has been calling for government uh, to support uh, in decarbonizing heat and electrifying the industry. Uh, so when I asked Lawrence uh, if the government was doing enough uh, to tackle this issue and move it forward, or and if not, what needs to be done, uh, this is what he said. Well, I think, again, you know, looking at the reports that have come out in the last week or so, it's clear that we're not doing enough um, and we've got to move faster. I think this is a, a cast-iron opportunity for the UK to really set an example to the rest of the world that we are absolutely committed to decarbonising our economy. The power sector's done an awful lot so far in terms of decarbonisation, but heat is, is one of the great challenges, particularly in a country like the UK where we're so reliant on gas for our heating. So I think there are, there are several things that need to happen. Um, certainly industry needs to be working in partnership with government. We need to acknowledge the fact that there aren't any silver bullets. Um, so there will be a variety of different uh, solutions for different uh, families, families, different property types, etc. But most importantly of all, we actually need to get going. And we need to get some large-scale trials actually underway and out in the market so we can really see what the impacts are on people and on the, the carbon situation in the UK. You can only do that by getting trials underway. And we've also got to be prepared to fail. Not everything we try is going to work. So you know, let's get innovation underway, let's get trials underway, let's learn from those trials and you know, try and do so in the most economically efficient way for families up and down the country. Right. We're talking about cows again, sorry. As you can see, the trend is continuing with the tie, Lawrence's tie and Had cows. cows. Anyway, so... Um, so definitely, I think what he says is absolutely correct. Innovation, we need more innovation in the sector. We've seen it with battery storage, with electric vehicles, and I think now it's time for the heat industry. I totally um, agree. I think we've, we've oh, done for stories. for a change. We both agree. <laughs> this is shocking, isn't it? <laughs> no, but heat, shut up, Johnny. Heat is always still gas. I've got gas. I bet yeah. you've got gas at home for yeah. heat. Yep. There you go. Run and electric gases, heat is quite expensive as things. well. <laughs> so well, hopefully costs, um, with new innovation, the costs will come down. And um, talking about costs, consumers yes. are paying the cost for an energy company going under. Yes, and that good is, one. I don't know no. how you say it, that was good. Yeah. Um, is it UCO Energy or UCO Uzio, Energy or UZO Energy? So it's anyway, USIO Energy. Uzio. Um, has Uzio. ceased trading. So Ofgem announced that earlier this, um, earlier this week. Uh, and it seems like it's the latest in a string of um, announcements where a lot smaller, of companies, yeah, small ones. companies, um, have been going under. Uh, so we've had Irisa, which had very, very bad customer service, and that was one of the reasons as well, Ofgem said it can't continue. We had a company called gen for You, and also a small business supplier. So these two were um, mostly um, on, on the domestic side, but we had a small business supplier called National Gas and Power as well, uh, which went under. Um, so this company, Ucio Energy, Ucio Energy, sorry if I've got the pronunciation wrong. Ucio, we think, yeah. But I'd actually never heard of this company until I ran the story. Um, this company has about 7,000, well, had about 7,000 customers uh, in the domestic sector. So following a competitive process that Ofgem usually goes through um, if, anyone, if any supply goes under, uh, it has picked first utility to take on those customers. So that at least the people so, will continue supply. Yeah, so what happens when a, co a company goes under, um, 
some people, I think a lot of consumers are worried that their gas and electricity is suddenly going to stop. Um, but that doesn't happen. They still continue to receive it. It's just the company going under. So uh, Ofgem goes through a competitive tender process and um, move just basically switches the, the supply who's picked switches the company over to their um, as, as them being the, the sole supplier for the com uh, for the customers. Yeah. Uh, so these 7000 customers were switched to first utility today. Uh, it should be at some point today. Uh, and they've said that all the credit on their account uh, will be honored. Uh, but uh, these uh, these customers have been told advised not to switch yet. So if they're worried um, about again going to another independent a smaller yeah. supplier uh, and switching to a bigger company uh, what often is said is you you shouldn't do this yet because if you have any outstanding balances that's going to be, be rectified yeah um, so uh, they'll be contacted by the new supplier in a couple of weeks time uh, in the next few weeks uh, and then that's when customers are uh, encouraged to switch. These are things that are happening so, we have a lot of energy companies then you have fewer. This yeah is so I hope um, I think it was earlier this year when Ofgem said it launched a review into these new entrants coming into market because there's a lot of uh, debate around whether how easy it is for custom uh, for uh, new companies to just enter the yeah. uh, energy market. So <clears throat> Ofgem said that uh, maybe they'll try and make the financial side of things uh, check the financial uh, and the customer service side yeah, as well. Yeah, customer it? service. Hopefully that'll get better. And your final right. story. Final story about people who rent. People who rent. Um, there we go. Yeah, rent. rent. Is that the see, best picture we can, can find rent. for rent? That's shocking. No, make it smaller. It's actually a good picture that we Is it? we edited. It's, Why? What have you done? It's Hello. a door with a key, uh, and you're renting it. You don't usually have nice pictures. It doesn't uh, say rent anywhere. Doesn't have pictures of people having to share a bathroom. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Um, right. So renters. Um, so what this uh, new research has been launched, uh, and what it found was that. A lot of people who rent are paying uh, the bill for previous tenants who oh, live yes. there. And that totals happened to about years ago. Um, 102 pounds. Wow. And I think Robert said that happened to him and Freddie said that happened to him as well yesterday, right? Yeah. Robert, how much did you have to pay? Robert, how much did you have to pay? Uh, Extra. He doesn't oh, think. He doesn't speak. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's Okay, that's good. So 102 on average is what yeah. they found. Um, and with social housing tenants, it's even uh, higher at £151 a year. Um, and what this survey also found was that 70% of landlords actually don't inform their new tenants of the energy tariffs and the fact that they not. can switch. Yeah. Um, one in four also don't even tell them who their supply is. Uh, and that's despite the fact that these tenants might actually be paying the bills and it might not be included as part of the rent. Um, so uh, this, which I, is one I found um, wasn't particularly good, is that 20% of landlords, they wrongly believe that uh, they have the right to tell the tenants which supplier they should be on. Um, or that's if, ridiculous. And when they can switch or if they can switch to someone else, uh, regardless of whether they're paying the bills or not. Um, and across regions, uh, Sheffield was found to be the most aware um, and in terms of the switching, in yes. terms of them being able to switch. Um, 61, they pay 61 pounds a month, uh, and that's in contrast to 80 pounds a month paid by those renters in Bristol who are said to be the least aware. And what about London? And know. listen to this, London, yeah, they say, could be at risk of overpaying 
Whoa. up to 314 pounds a year. Oh my God. So did you hear that, Robert? 314 pounds. Think how many spuds you could buy with that, Rob. <laughs> Be away. Be away. You could rent a cow as well for the day. Brilliant. Um, and obviously, to balance out the story, yes. I contacted the National Landlords Association and they Good said journalism. Uh, landlords must ensure that um, they give as much information to tenants uh, as possible. Uh, and when tenants want to transfer to a different customers, it should be part of the agreement, the tenancy agreement. Uh, and also they have a how to rent guide for landlords, which includes information on what they need to give to um, their renters. So, the lesson yeah. is, look at it, check your contracts, and remember yeah. you have the and right sure to switch. make sure you ask, yeah, make sure you tell your landlords, ask them questions about whether you can switch and save money. Fantastic as ever, thank you so and much. And that is it. Thank you and have a good weekend and happy Dashay. There you go. She didn't do her stories at Energy Live News, but I'll do that for her. Oh, yes. As soon as she forgot. Right, let's quickly go through what left of the show. So, coming up, dates for your diary, Robertos. There we go, 31st of October, not long now for Expo with Claire Perry. Whether she'll be discussing beef or not, we'll know. She'll be coming along, talking to you, uh, energy end users, and we've got about 400 view registers, which is brilliant. We've got room for probably about another 10 or 20, so if you want to get involved, get onto our website, go to the register here, you'll see it in the text, and get yourself registered for that. We've got our panel of CEOs speaking afterwards, and Rob's made a very nice graphic, there you go. Four big cheeses that we've got coming along from EDF, ABB, SSE and Scottish Power. We'll be going through the whole gamut of what's happening post uh, the Brexit negotiations, obviously, what that means for energy, energy security of supply, energy independence, and of course the technology that's there. And then 6th of December, it is the biggest boat party in the world. Tia can't wait for it. She'll be drinking loads of things, most of them illegal. Uh, you can get yourself Along to that party, you'll be finding out who is being nominated, who's made the shortlist at Expo, but you can buy tickets for it right now. So don't miss out. Remember, the boat only holds 400. We will be packed. It'll be a boat that rocks. And talking about rocking, that's about it. Apart from any shout-outs, probably none, unless Kevin Corcoran's watching, but he's not. No. Loser. Uh, it's International Gin and Tonic Day. Oh my God, where on earth did you get that? that the, the, the top picture is about the right one. That's, that's pre. Tia. Now that's, that's Tia and pre, after one, one on a Friday night. So yes, if you like a G&T, enjoy it. Uh, and Indian tonic water, by the way. There you go. That's holy. There's no cows involved in that. Keep the cows cool. Uh, have a lovely week. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.